Welcome back to another exciting week in the Web3 universe. I'm your host, The Mayor, and you're listening to the Best NFT Media Nominated NFT and Chill Podcast, the show that discusses interesting topics with artists, creators, and thought leaders from the Web3 space. On this week's episode, we have Kyle Tutt from Pinata, and we're going to be talking about a pretty innovative way to use NFTs and what the future of NFTs may look like. So sit back and chill while we explore the exciting world of Web3 and NFTs together. We're back to the show and who I have with me today is Kyle Tutt from Pinata. How you doing, Kyle? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for coming on NFT and Chill. You want to give yourself an introduction for the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Kyle Tutt, the co-founder and CEO of Pinata, and we are the home for NFT media. So that means ultimately we manage the content associated with NFTs. So if you're viewing an NFT and you see an image or a video or whatever the file type is of the NFT, it's most likely being served and, and stored with Pinata. Started in 2018. And nobody knew what we were doing back then and then had quite a ride since then. And obviously in 2021 and 2022, it's been a great time. Would it be safe to say that you know everyone in the NFT space has had some sort of uh, dealings with Pinata? Yeah, absolutely. If, if you viewed an NFT at some point or another, you've definitely experienced Pinata without even knowing it. Personally, when it comes to Web3 and NFTs and everything that's going on in this space, that is the best way to get new people into the space and onboarding new people that they don't know they're in Web3. You know, when we first started in 2018, NFTs existed, but nobody, nobody really knew what they were. But in uh, 2020, you know, you could start to see the NFT space starting to take off. And we had to spend a lot of time educating people that the majority of data can't actually be on chain. So the, the NFT itself. Uh, can't store a lot of these files or manage these files. And so a lot of people didn't even know that we existed or the concept of us like even existed. We're an infrastructure company at the end of the day. So we are kind of the backbone of a lot of these projects. We get to see a bunch of cool implementations of NFTs. I think we have a pretty broad view into the space and, and where it's going. It's a great transition being the backbone of the space and NFTs as a whole. You know, I think what we can get into today is like the future of NFTs and what the technology can be because right now it's the kind of a passport or an access point for projects and certain utilities there's gamification going on and then there's the art you know all that's well and good and it's what really propelled the space but what makes nfts and like everything that's going on in web3 mainstream like how do we get this to be a worldwide thing where you know, mass adoption happens. Yeah. So from our perspective, just to give a little bit of background, I actually wrote my first blog about NFTs in late 2017. I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. The idea of it was like, how do we take ag data? And uh, there's a lot of it. And how can you buy and sell ag data attached to NFTs? I kind of always had this view of NFTs as just a tool to transport and exchange data of some sort. And this was even before I, I started Pinata with my co-founder, Matt. 
And the reason I was able to write that blog all the way back in 2017, we were both at ETH Waterloo together, and that's where CryptoKitties launched. And so we got to see the genesis of the NFT space, and we were just trying to apply it to anything we could think of because people hadn't started to apply it to anything yet. I was thinking about, again, how to buy and sell data. We thought this was going to be like enterprise use cases. We thought, you know, maybe you attach software updates to it. We always kind of just thought of NFTs as tools, again, to transact data at the end of the day. Obviously, the NFT space went the direction it did with art and images and videos and uh, those types of files and content. What we think is going to happen is NFTs are going to graduate into app NFTs. So we think that the NFTs themselves are actually going to be full-blown applications. And so you're no longer just going to buy an NFT and it represents an image. You're going to buy an NFT and ultimately it's going to represent an application similar to an app that you might use on your phone or you know wherever it is. When you start thinking of the space in that paradigm, essentially NFTs can represent infinite amount of things. That's where we get we start to get really really excited. And we've actually ran internally at Pinata with this idea of, of app NFTs and how can we build apps and, and attach them to NFTs. And we got to see a bunch of cool different use cases related to how do you build, you know, music player apps that are attached to NFTs. Somebody did a, a CRM, so they did a business use case app attached to NFTs. The reason we get so excited about this concept is obviously it's kind of that next iteration. The other thing is that the app ecosystem whether it's you know on the App Store or the Play Store or wherever it is, the take rate is really high. So you might pay 30% for that app as an app developer, somebody that's charging for your app. And if you think of like the marketplaces today, like OpenSea, it's 2.5%. And so what we're seeing is uh, kind of the things that everybody likes about NFTs is where you, know, you can take them anywhere, they can be anywhere, they can do anything. The same thing is going to be true for app NFTs. Um, and it's going to open up this new world of uh, distribution and, and flexibility for app NFTs. And people are going to obviously start innovating around that. That's incredibly interesting because, you know, apps itself, I mean, that's like, that's huge. You know, everyone who has a phone, which yep. is probably most people on the planet, they use apps and they're constantly looking for new apps and apps actually make life and, and things easier. Just the application itself, it's just a very simple thing that you can always have in reach. Because it used to be everybody had a laptop or a desktop. Right. The application took us away from that to make it to where in reach of us, we have this laptop in our hands and it, it's small and it's portable. Does Pinata itself have anything in development that you can speak on? You know, we are building tooling that, that helps make this concept easier. Part of that is like, how do we serve apps? Because apps are, from a, a data perspective, much heavier than a simple image or, or whatever. Uh, you know, we're trying to make our infrastructure capable of handling that. Some of the other things that we're doing is around, you know, the concept of token gating. It's a fairly well-known concept, but for those that don't know, it's this idea of if you own the NFT, then you get access to private content of some form or another. And if you kind of know the history of where token gating came from, it was actually a lot of these PFP projects started doing it early on, and they were doing it through Discord. Basically, what would happen is, you know, you go into a Discord, you verify that you own the NFT. And if you did own it, you would then get access to a private Discord channel, and then you would be able to download a file. 
And so what we did is we took that concept and we got rid of the need to have to go to Discord to download a file and we can just serve content to you right there where we check the wallet, see if you own the NFT. If you do, we'll we'll serve whatever the content is. And so we're building tooling around that to make that as easy as possible. We have a product called submarine.me that can do it in a really easy, no-code way, so you don't even have to be a developer to use it. But what we think is going to happen is that people are going to use token gating extensively in the space, and that is how they're going to obviously permission content based on uh, whether or not you own the NFT, but it's also how they're going to be able to build unique business models. The space is innovative in, in the different ways that they're doing business models. Maybe you have, have three NFTs, or you know maybe you just need a wallet signature, or we've even played around with the idea of token gating, but based on location. So you have to be in a certain location and own the NFT uh, to get access to content. And so where we think these app NFTs are going to go is they're going to require you to do certain things or have certain requirements of whatever sort, and then serve the content based on that or give you access based on that. And so we're, we're just trying to make the tools around that as, as easy as possible. You know, you could really get in depth with that to where, like, let's say a project has all these traits. If it is simple and it is like streamlined, you could make it to where really get a community involved and say certain traits get this type of content. And Absolutely. if you have like a laser eye, you get this type of content. You could even set up some sort of teams within the community. And it really opens up a lot more community-based interaction. Yep. And I kind of always have thought about it, and this might be a little old school, but almost like cable television. When cable used to be a new concept, obviously, way back in the 1980s, this idea that you were getting more catered to channels uh, like MTV and CNN and, and those types when they were, were new or revolutionary, your idea and your concept of certain traits get certain content, you know, that adds value to that trait because you're, you're getting exclusive content associated with it. And it's really easy to make that happen. I think it gets really exciting in the space. And I think uh, that's where quite a bit of innovation is going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Also promotes a lot more community involvement. You have this Discord, you have this community, they have your NFT, which is access to that community. And it just, yep. it makes it so there's more going on within the community, there's more community engagement. Another thing like that you mentioned, like with this application, having apps as NFTs is a step closer to the mass adoption where people are using Web3, but they don't know it. Absolutely. And ultimately, for all of this stuff to go mainstream, I don't think my grandma needs to understand that she's using Web3 underneath the hood. But what I do think is it's going to make things that weren't possible possible. And it's going to provide flexibility for these developers, these app developers, these NFT projects uh, to do new and innovative things and, and cater content to people in, in new ways. The thing I'm most excited about is just how open the possibilities are. And the other thing I always kind of like to talk about is you can't Google the answers in Web3, right? You can Google the answers to Web2 problems and what to do. And, you know, there, there's plenty of consultants and, and people who have thought of pretty much everything under the sun related to Web2. Web3 is still a, an open field and, and you have to go out and develop the playbook and you have to come up with the answers. And I think that's the most exciting thing about this space. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, it's being built as we speak. Like nobody really knows what Web3 is going to be. I've always said Web3 is more of a culture 
like it wraps crypto, DeFi, NFTs, all this stuff together. What Web3 is, is being built right now in the future and, you know, five, 10 years from now. This is the first time I've heard about, you know, NFTs as an application. And frankly, to me, it's, it's extremely exciting. Yeah, we've talked to people about it a little bit, and we have some blogs out there uh, describing how to build an app NFT. One of the things people usually ask us is like, you know, how did we arrive at this? And what's interesting is at Pinata, at the end of the day, we don't mint. Um, so we only handle, you know, the files and, and the data side of things. Because we never minted, we have been able to work with a lot of projects across every major chain. So IPFS provides the same value to Ethereum as it does Solana, as it does, you know, whatever blockchain you could imagine. Uh, within that, it works with any type of NFT type, right? Whether it's 721s or 1155s or regardless of chain. Especially in the early days before NFTs actually became, uh, you know, a thing. We just had people using us to upload applications and they were trying to serve applications uh, using IPFS. And so we knew that if you could upload it to IPFS, it could be an NFT, but like people weren't quite making that connection yet. And so we were able to make that connection. Then everybody's thinking about that and, and trying to expand upon it and come up with the next crazy version of that. And we're trying to see if other people can come up with cool ideas along those lines as well. Right, that's what I love about, you know, meeting new people, getting to, for me, interview people is hearing about the space and the new stuff and the innovation that people are coming up with because nobody knows everything about the space. It's constantly changing. Best thing you can do is just try and learn a little bit each day. And, you know, NFTs as an application is definitely something cool. What would that look like, an NFT application? What makes it different? What makes it different, I'm going to talk from the, the person that's creating the NFT application uh, from their perspective first. So what makes it different for them is you don't have that many options as a software developer to run a business, uh, an app. You know, you only really have two avenues to distribute that. It's through the App Store, it's through the Play Store. And so they've kind of been pigeonholed into what they can do. If you attach it to an NFT, it then opens up the playbook again, and you can buy and sell these NFTs anywhere. As long as, you know, there's a marketplace, you can you can sell it. And so it can be a mobile application. It could be a desktop application. It could limitless. Again, it opens up the distribution of it to anywhere you are as the consumer of that app, the person that actually is interacting and consuming with it. And then what it's about is just ensuring that the experience for the end consumer, the end buyer, the end uh, user of the app NFT uh, is having a good experience. So, you know, making sure that it's fast and making sure that it looks good and it loads fast and, you know, kind of all of those simple things we don't even really think of anymore. Uh, there, there are some technical hurdles underneath to make that as, as good as Web2. But those are, those are kind of the things that we're thinking about is how do you make that as easy as possible? But one other thing that kind of like noodles around in my brain is how difficult it is to have like a TV app, have distribution through your TVs. And what I think was interesting about art NFTs is that people were actually spending a lot of time trying to figure out how do we get these NFTs to display on TVs uh, regardless of where we are. The application of that was pretty much not going far enough. If you take that concept and then apply it, apps to it, um, you know, people should be able to share these apps anywhere they want to do, and they, they shouldn't really be locked down on where they're experiencing it or, or how they're experiencing it. And so that's really where I kind of get super excited about it. 
Yeah, absolutely. It kind of brings up, you know, the whole Web3 aspect. More ownership for the user, but also more freedom for the user, the consumer, you know, or at least have some input on their decision. Because I know right right now there are certain apps that I myself and and probably you can't download because we're in North America. And they're like European apps with NFT applications. Open it up to where anywhere in the world you could download this app. You know, the distribution channel should be opened up. You know, when you think of Web3 and kind of operating from this wallet paradigm, you as the wallet owner can set rules based on what data uh, you want access to or you don't want access to. Or ultimately, the fun thing about wallets is you're more in control. And I think that'll continue through with app NFTs and you'll be able to do, uh, you know, interesting things with that kind of permissioning in mind. We'll have to see where it goes. And again, I can't predict everything. I do think some version of that future uh, is going to happen. Absolutely. I mean, that's what Web3 is all about. Um, The consumer and actually the world having more control over what they want to see. Last question here. Web3, what it does is you have ownership, but then you can also transfer ownership. So let's say that I buy one of these NFT applications. Would I be able to, after I don't use it, resell it? We've actually thought about this a little bit is, yeah, you can absolutely sell these NFTs you know, on whatever marketplace you choose. The one thing that we've been thinking through is if the app is the NFT, do you make 10,000 NFTs that all hook up to their own individual app? Or do you make one app attached to one NFT and then maybe on a layer two chain or a different chain, a cheaper chain, do you use those NFTs as permissioning mechanisms for that base app? Uh, you're starting to layer again these technologies on top of each other to make this stuff work appropriately. And so, yeah, you can absolutely be able to sell them. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, right now, if like I think I bought a like a retro football game app years ago, and I don't play it, so it, yep. that's five dollars that's just sitting there. I want to thank you so much, Kyle, for coming on NFT and Chill. This was incredible getting to learn myself. Hopefully, the listeners are going to be very interested in this as well. Yeah, thank you for having me on, and it was good to talk. So, where can people find not only you but Pinata? I know that yeah. you are speaking at a friend of mine who is actually a coordinator of this conference, NFT Seattle. We'll be at NFT Seattle, and, and we're actually sponsoring that. I think I have a fireside chat going on there. To find me, it's just Kyle Tut, K-Y-L-E-T-U-T, on any of the major platforms. And then for Pinata, it's just pinata.cloud and Pinata Cloud for our, our Twitter. So pretty simple to find us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kyle. appreciate it. Cool. Thank you. And that's it for this week's show. I want to thank my guest Kyle Tut for coming on and also Pinata. Definitely go check out Kyle and check out what Pinata has going on. This NFTs and applications and like the future of NFTs, this is extremely interesting and I hope um, everyone definitely got something out of this episode. And you can also check out Kyle at the end of this month at NFT Seattle. If anyone is going to that conference, should be pretty awesome. As always, I just want to thank all the people listening from all over the world. We really appreciate the support on social media and telling your friends about the show. You out there listening is what makes this show great. I'll, of course, be speaking at DecentralCon Miami in November, and also NFT and Chill is an official meeting 
media partner of Decentralcon Miami. So look out for some content that's coming. You know, the early bird tickets, there's only a couple weeks left to get them at this price. There'll be a link in the show notes. Just make sure you're subscribed. We have a lot more cool stuff coming with NFT and Chill. You don't want to miss the next episode. I'm the mayor, and you've been listening to the NFT and Chill podcast.